Welcome back to the No Back Karma podcast, where I tell true tales of how my choice to be a sugar daddy one last time set a whole ship ball rolling downhill on my life and what I learned from it. It's where I share and say things that make some people uncomfortable because, well, I do that. Uncomfortable because they're based in some raw, painful moments that do have some ugly beauty in them. Ultimately, I lost nearly everything three times, and as I record this, I still don't know what certain things are going to happen in my life and my recovery is still and always in progress and and uh, where I land's going to be well known in the next 30 to 60 days trauma in real time before I get to today's story I uh, want to do a quick thank you to the new listeners and mention that in episode 7 uh, to all of you uh, I <laughs> had recorded that right after coincidentally a seven week break where I was really just dealing with the trauma related to all these things I talk about. I have had just an ungodly amount of paperwork to do and, uh, uh, legal things to deal with. And it's just unbelievable how it drags on and, and, and how now I'm finally at the finish line and how, uh, it's just it's just amazing. So uh, uh, during that time, I took down the No Bad Karma website because I wanted to reorganize some of these uh, episodes around themes and and do some commercial music pairings that I, I since I can't use commercial uh, music here. And we're going to go out on some other platforms, which is really just a couple of clicks of a button. I wanted to get the content and uh, the tone right because uh, I wasn't making some of the points I wanted to make and was being misunderstood. So that's going to happen and I'm doing my best. And uh, uh, with that, I'll remind you that I share these stories not to throw people under the bus, but so you don't. So we all do a better job of treating each other uh, uh, better. It's really about how people treat people. So, and I'm, and, and, uh, today's episode is really, if anything, about how a cheating man thinks and just makes me look awful. Now I'm not out there trying to make myself look awful. I mean, my point is I'm not that person. I'm, I'm showing you how my, I'm sharing with you how my mind got corrupted and, and how you think, and then how you literally have to dig out of it. Uh, not just uh, with the life issues I've experienced, but personally. And that's why I go back and look at these pivotal moments in my life and, and know I don't have to share them with you. But, uh, uh, why I do is, is, uh, oh, well, gee, go back and listen to the very first episode I recorded. I addressed it there, but really uh, moving on today's episodes really about, like I said, how a cheating man thinks. And in the last episode of the pizza baby story, day one twenty, I, said, uh, you know, uh, that she would often say you were right and I was wrong. Well, like I said, in this one, she's really right. And, and when it comes to, to uh, being who's right, it's not about who's right. Oh, I'm right. You're right. It's really about appreciating, appreciating, appreciating each other as you go through that process and uh, of of making life decisions it's really kind of something beautiful that's that's how we met it it wasn't it wasn't like i mean sure there was a yep you were right but it, it wasn't like that 
it's what partnerships are made of ultimately in the real world i guess it wasn't two people being stubborn you know we were able to agree to disagree and uh that was something i didn't you know at least for a short time i worked through something and that was something i didn't have in my marriage and and that's really the the comes through and what i'm going to talk about today so uh uh, I talked about in that episode of our first fight and this relationship cycle we got into. Well, this is why I think a first fight is significant. The, the first time you really argue with someone, the outcome is going to be one of three things, right? You either like leave and you separate and that's the end. Uh, I mean, there might be a little back and forth, but it's the end. Jane Jetson. Uh, or you do or, you know, you may or may not. It, it, you, you just walk away ambivalent, right? You, 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 maybe you agree to disagree. Maybe you're like, I'm not sure what to think, especially first fight, right? And you just kind of like l- let it go and try to let it go, I guess, and, and see what happens next. And ultimately, one of you is probably leaving with an underlying tension. You're going to have another fight, right? And honestly, that's what most of the fights in my I hate the word, I hate to use the word fight, but mostly arguments or discussions in my marriage ended up like that or, or the more stubborn wall and angry and sleep back to back, right? Or the third option, the makeup sex is on and it's really on, right? Because you have this fight, something ultimately comes out. Uh, looking good because of it, right? And you you kind of get entrenched in the common goal of moving forward, right? Now, I'm saying in life in general, I'm not saying, uh, oh, gee, now we're entrenched, but it did bring us closer. And she goes back to school and I did become entrenched as part of her weekly routine, right? I was there. This is where I've mentioned this in a couple of their episodes, but this is really the point where I am regularly coming two to three days a week. So that routine, right? So we're into the uh, first semester of our last year, approaching Thanksgiving 2016, right? And she's kind of killing it. She's, I mentioned she, the argument was about the struggle she was worried about having, and, you know, she's doing it. She's getting through life, working, keeping up with her extras, right? Making the grades. I, I was pretty proud of her. And uh, uh, like you're proud of a, you know, a friend, girlfriend, whatever. So and and it puts us in a routine because of her schedule and me sneaking away to see her. So my routine is that of a shitty cheating man. And that's what I'm going to share with you. So did you ever see those movies about a guy with two or three families all over the country flying here or there? Airline pilots, right? Uh, well, so kind of, I kind of feel that. It wasn't that bad, but, you know, I, I, I feel that. I understand that. And, uh, you know, perspective is everything. So so my let me give you some perspective about 
what was going on in my life at the time. You know, to keep it simple, I'm one of these guys that shows up in your office and does computer work. Well, not quite, but kind of. And in 2016, uh, when this was going on, I sometimes work from home, sometimes my office, usually you know, often client offices, uh, sometimes early, sometimes late. My clients could call anytime, sometimes did. I worked constantly, but I also very much worked it into my life and did then. And I did that because I was always trying to maximize the time for my family. And, uh, you know, I'd get up five in the morning, work for an hour, wake the family up, cook them breakfast. I'm talking about real cooking. Not microwaving, not ripping open plastic packages. Uh, And then I'd head out the door at 7.20, take my kid to school. And then I'd go see my sugar baby. Make her coffee and breakfast. Wake her up. Take her to school. My wife and kid in one. Now how shitty is that? Sometimes I'd make her dinner too. In fact, I got caught because I made her dinner. Absolutely fucking shitty. Shitty. Now, I didn't do that every morning. I didn't do that every morning. I took my kid to school. Like I said, honestly, that semester, I was probably going two or three times a week. And it wasn't always after I took my kid to school. I mean, so I didn't do transportation every day. But the uh, but I did 50% of it. So 50% of the time, I went to see my sugar baby. I... Probably I dropped my kid off first. That's just really shitty. You really compartmentalize your life in a shitty way. But anyhow, then I'd go about my day. Sometimes I'd even work at her place, right? Especially if I was helping her study between classes for an exam. Because remember, grades are important. And I'm part of her life. And I would be her study buddy too. And then i try to be home by 5.30. Now, every day I slipped away, I didn't stay there. I mean, some days I'd run off and... Like I said, go to my client's office or my office or whatever, right? But I'd get home 5.30 or so, and then I'd do all my normal family and school stuff, house stuff. Weekends, I'd be volunteering at church, teaching Sunday school. So if you listen to my episode about being on the wheel, I was on the wheel. That was my wheel. Now, it's not that my cage wasn't... 85% happy, as I've referred to before. Maybe even 90. Some days, 95. At its low, probably 80. But I was on this wheel, and I look back and realize that for years and years and years and years, I had nothing for myself. So what a cheating man is ultimately doing is he's justifying his actions because he has nothing for himself. And I didn't. I mean, (laughs) I didn't. The only time I took for myself was uh, uh, weekly golf here and there until sometimes that became weekly arguments. Because I shouldn't be golfing when I don't have this done around the house or... uh, you know, money's tight this week. You shouldn't spend money on yourself. Oh, but wait, I was supposed to get involved with the men's group at church, and I did because 
that was all the same people I saw everywhere else in my life. So that only lasted a brief period. I had nothing separate for myself. Now, it didn't have to be secret. It didn't have to be that. So, And I'm certainly not saying what I did was justified because of that. I'm saying that's how we think. So in terms of what I learned, if you want to give your choices a purpose bigger than yourself, if you want to take it and learn for, from it, nearly everybody always needs something for themselves. And if your partner doesn't understand, tough shit. But you got to communicate that. And we shouldn't fear it. And that something shouldn't be taking us uh, uh, away from the other. Right. But ladies, I'm a guy and 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 I'm sure you feel the same about us. Uh, uh, a frustrated man will end up where I am after 20 years. So don't let your own experience get so extreme as uh, uh, to get you there. But, you know, when you know your Achilles heel, embrace it instead. So I just said, you know, I have nothing for myself, uh, but uh, uh, but yet. I like spending my time with my partner. I just don't want to argue with him. I mean, not that we don't all want that, but, and I also uh, know that if I'm allowing my schedule to be in a position where I can cheat, then if I'm frustrated, I might go there. Now, personally, I don't think I'd ever cheat again. I have zero desire to, after what I've been through, I mean, I want to bang my head against the wall, but the you know i'm just saying you know i know my achilles heel is being alone and unhappy so i'd rather be with my partner and happy and really that ain't hard you get sick of each other once in a while and that's fine it doesn't mean you have to take separate vacations I know some couples to do that. You got to be careful with that. Last couple I knew that raved about that. Well, she was in Mexico when he had to bail her out of jail. And now they're both on their third marriages. So I'm down to spend as much time with somebody as I want. You can still have other friends and leave the house. Like I said, you should never be hanging out though with people that like, you don't want to be, you don't, you don't want to, oh, and I've known people like this. They're out with somebody and then you know, family member or something sees him and is like, who are you with? And they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they saw me. Right? So you, you shouldn't be hanging out with someone that you wouldn't want your partner to know you're not hanging out with, really. If you want a healthy relationship, the Christians have a version of that. And some even get more extreme and say don't hang out alone with people of the opposite sex and stuff, but it's I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying it's pretty much that simple. You figure out what, figure out what your rules are with your partner is really what it's all about. But, um, uh, so you heard my routine, pizza baby's routine was that of a typical college co-ed, right? You know, uh, and as she's getting to, uh, Thanksgiving, she's got a long weekend and she decides she's going to go see her girlfriend who relocated to Boulder for graduate school, graduate school over the break. So I'm going to take her to the airport, pick her up, check in on her cat. Now my cat while she's gone. So I do something I never thought I would have done. I fake a one night, one night overnight business trip. Uh, she had an early flight. 
And I didn't intend to fake it entirely at first, you know, because that's how we think. But I did. You know, I didn't do a lot of overnight work then, but I had a client I did some, some I had a few uh, clients I did some late night work for. And, uh, you know, it was near the airport she was flying out of. So I was legitimately going to schedule some stuff. And then with the way that travel worked out, it just became a straight up lie and sneaking out late. So I head out for my late hours assignment when it comes up, picking her up instead, of course. And uh, we head out and we're no sooner on the road, you know, make our, let's say, hour drive. We get there. We stop for dinner at a Japanese steakhouse. Now, you know how it goes when you get to a Japanese steakhouse. Your table's either a dud or it's a great time. And I say we scored a good eight out of ten. So the day's the evening's looking up. But I'm still low-key scared AF about getting caught, right? And as evening goes on, I'm feeling better about it. We go back to the room and, you know, I'm not going to see her for a week. So I'm hoping, and, you know, I plan this. I'm, I'm, hope, I mean, actually, I wanted to like go out and get drinks and stuff. And I wanted to have a good evening and she wants to go to sleep. So we napped enough together by now that I shouldn't feel like I'm sleeping with the one night stand. I can't wait to get home. It was weird, right? We get up in the morning, get something to eat, drop her off at the airport, and then I head back to the office. Picking her up after the weekend, I had no extras planned, so I'd see her soon, and and it'd be a lot easier. So I go on about my, you know, week. Thanksgiving's coming. I don't know. I'm had maybe another day in there or whatever. Whatever. I had a couple of uh, client you know, obligations. So when I did that, I went by her apartment and I do some cleaning. I got a Christmas tree because she didn't have it and I put it up. Right. And on my last visit over to the apartment, uh, uh, it was like, it might even been Thanksgiving morning or it was, uh, late the night before. I can't remember. I had a bunch of stuff I was out doing, uh, this cash he has, now my cat is super annoying. I mean, I got him under control now, but back then he was super annoying, right? And he's driving me crazy as I'm picking up her bedroom and this one last pass. And he's fucking with one of those plastic grocery bags hanging on her bedroom door handle. And I just kept ignoring it because I thought it was part of, you know, some last minute shit she picked up for a trip, packing, right? And then the cat knocks it off the door and out comes the magnum. Nothing gold can stay, Vampire Weekend, Danny Brown version. So come on, man. Now, you can't go around with the expectation that I'm exclusive with her, but I'm not fucking my wife, really, right? And she knew that, and she knew I was concerned because I was married, and she said she didn't really have an interest in other people, but, you know, to screw a guy the day before I took her to the airport, how shitty is that to me? But that's what we get. So no sooner do I, you know, uh, find that and I get a text asking her if I'm going to get her at the airport. Oh, I mean, like, love that timing, right? And stuff like this happens in my life all the time. I can't make it up. And I'm like, I'm like taking a pick, reply. <laughs> I thought he was getting you. Oh, I love that moment. 
<laughs> I ended up getting her from the airport and that ride back was quiet until we got home. And uh, of course, she just wanted me to drop her off and go on and I forced the conversation, but don't regret that, you know, and that's an awkward conversation because it really wasn't even about that. It was more about like, well, you know, I don't know where I'm going to be. And uh, when I graduate, I mean, I don't think I want to lose touch with you. This is what she's saying to me. But, you know, really, here's what happened. She just got registered for her last set of classes. She's getting by with the grades. You know, she's kind of knocking it out. She's got a trip planned in the spring already. And uh, where she's going to be looking for jobs at a media trade show. I mean, she just doesn't want to get rid of me quite yet. But she's looking for at her future, right? She's feeling at the top of her game with confidence. Now, that's going to fall apart in about four weeks in, a, in another one of those relationship cycles where I'm going to come in and help direct a solution, right? Ultimately, no more than any other friend or partner would direct a solution. I'm not doing it for her. But really, what this was about is she wanted to have her cake and eat it too, as much as really... I did at that time. I'm saying this is about my shitty behavior, really, more than anything. I mean, if anything, she's kind of right. Because she says, well, what do you think was going to happen to us? And I remind her of what I said all along during this podcast. I wasn't planning this. I wasn't planning to fall in love with someone. I wasn't planning on feeling a connection. And I said something really shitty. Really shitty. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now how I meant it then and how I really kind of mean it now. But I said, you know, in a world that provided options, pizza baby, I choose you. I was never one of those guys that said, I'm planning on leaving my wife. Will you go with me if I leave my wife? Will you do this? Will you do that? No, 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 no. I knew then and I knew no now that I never wanted to leave my wife. I just wanted to keep that going. If my marriage fell apart, then sure, I wanted to capitalize that. And that's how, that's what I'm saying. That's our fucking flawed thinking, right? If my marriage got shaky, right? If Which it was. If it was all going to fall apart, I had some serious business stuff going on. My things suddenly weren't going well. My life's starting to spin out of control. Well, I want a backup plan. So even though I decided to cheat again, I didn't see myself going the divorce route. I never planned on leaving my wife. I didn't think that way at all. My honest thoughts, it probably really would end when she graduated. So I really just kind of accepted that at that moment. Thought I'd go with it as much as I didn't like it. And that's pretty much how it ended, which was that number two of those way, the way I said that first fight ends, right? Well, that's how that fight ended. It was just kind of really ambivalent. But, you know, and then, like I said, about four weeks later, there's a crisis. And then as I'm waiting for that crisis to get resolved is when I get caught. And, uh, but in between there, comes New Year's Eve when I almost got caught and I knew I had ended. So here's something I find really interesting about this. About a year ago, I met a woman as a friend. And as I met her, I discovered she, as I got to know her, I discovered she was 
well, she's still involved with the guy, had an, but forget the status that had an affair in process with the married man. They had the same conversation multiple times because of the way it had been going on in the situation. Like that cycles, right? She wasn't graduating. He wasn't graduating. They had life. So that just kept cycling in different ways. But about what I said about I choose you. Someone's always listening. People talk about getting your karma. I said this before in an episode, mention rhubarb in casual conversation in front of your A-L-E-X-A, and pretty soon you'll see random rhubarb recipes popping up on your Facebook or on your ads, or pick another topic. Give it about a week. Don't Google it. Don't look it up. Just start working it in while you're sitting around with your housemate, roommate, whatever, and all of a sudden, you'll start seeing stuff. Somebody's always listening. I don't know where the hell it's coming from, but they are. All this happened on what would be the last Thanksgiving with my family. A fairly quiet day at home where, because of this discovery, I really thought a lot about my family and what I wanted. And, and, uh, and the problem, you know, was never being married. It was a relationship with my wife. We were two sheets of sandpaper, right? But you see now how, as I tell this, how a guy maintaining that lifestyle, it just lends itself to making it worse, not better. But boy, what a memory, right? <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you know, what is this? It's, it's almost my opinion, it's a form of being poly because you have, you know, I had two people in my life, one making me happy on one level and one making me happy on another kind of right. But, uh, you know, it, it, let me just put that aside. I've had some genuine conversations about w with people that are true polys and have been for long terms. And, you know, uh, ultimately what I'm saying here is you get into a situation where you feel like you can't get all your needs filled by one person. So you go to others. And like in my case, let's say we have, let's say every person has 10 needs. Well, I can look at the four loves of my life and say they all provided probably seven or eight of them. They all miss one here, two there, three there, whatever. You can't expect perfection. It's boring. You can't expect somebody to check every single box every single time. It's not going to happen. I love two people. I figured one would end, not the one that did. And uh, ultimately, you know, I was just hanging out. And that's what she was doing because we were eating our, wanted to eat our cake and have it too. But here's what, it, it, you know, eating that cake and having it too is all about. Eating your cake is really the wheel you're living. I mentioned the wheel episode, right? It's what you're doing every day. You either like your cage or you don't. And a lot of the people that want to eat their cake and have it too, I mean, kind of by definition, you like your cage, you like your wheel. When you want to eat it too, 
it's really a plan just to get on a new wheel or a backup plan for your wheel. In other words, what I'm saying is you have no plan. You've got a wheel. You've got a backup plan, but you have no plan. You've got, you haven't gone out and really defined what you want. You're not pursuing what you want. I could have chosen what I wanted at that point. Well, obviously I wasn't going to choose my sugar baby and leave my wife because she was a college student that didn't want a man. So if I wanted that to be an option, I'd have to wait. I was just being shitty. I wanted to have my cake and eat it too at that point. But really, I didn't even want that option. I was pretty sure that wouldn't play out. I thought I had a chance at that point. I thought I even had a better chance later. When we started taking action towards that, I didn't think I had a chance. But, uh, you know, I thought it was a possibility. (laughs) You drag things out unnecessarily. You know the best way to give yourself a plan? Well, you should always be giving your choices a purpose bigger than yourself. But for this one, to give yourself a plan, embrace a choice for yourself, own it, and then pursue it. Don't be a pussy. Give your your choices a purpose bigger than yourself, and I'll see you soon. That's enough for today.